We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Hey, what's up? Thanks for tuning into our Sunday online broadcast. If this is your first time engaging with Relevant Church or your hundredth time, I just want to say welcome home. My name is Muta, and my wife and I get to serve as a lead pastors here at Relevant Church. And at Relevant, there's one thing that we want to do, and we want to do it well. We want to help everybody around us discover that Jesus is relevant. And because Jesus is relevant, we want to create an atmosphere where we learn to passionately follow Jesus, love across boundaries, and then go out and make a tangible difference in our community, our region, and our world. And let me tell you, whether you are here locally in Southwest Michigan or Northwest Indiana, or you are around the world, you can be a part of Relevant Church. And I want to let you know that you can plug into Relevant Church. This is the first thing you can do. Just text the number, text connect, to the number below or join our private Facebook group called Refam. That's relevant, R-E-F-A-M. And you can get plugged into your first step in becoming a part of Team Relevant. And if you haven't uh, subscribed already to our YouTube channel, I just want to invite you to do that right now because that way you can stay up to date with everything that's happening at Relevant Church. Listen, I am so excited about this world. Let me pray. God, thank you for this time that we get together. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. See, I love watching movies and all types of movies, but lately I've gotten myself into psychological thrillers. Okay, please don't judge me. I don't just watch church movies all the time, but I love psychological thrillers because they keep you at the edge of your seat, not knowing what's coming up next. However, for those who know me, uh, my blood pressure can't take all of those twists and turns. So if you've ever watched a movie with me, you know what is inevitably going to happen. I'll eventually grab my phone and look up the spoiler. Yes, I know you're judging me already. But listen, everyone gets so mad at me when I do this. But you know that the only people who don't like spoilers are the people watching the movie. I bet the character of the movie would love to have access to a spoiler. Now, let me tell you this. Life is like a movie. And I believe the journey to your purpose is like a psychological thriller. There's going to be twists and turns and dramatic climaxes and plot shifts of all kinds. Don't you wish you had a spoiler for your own life? Wouldn't it be awesome to know that the hurdles are going to show up and what hurdles they're going to be and what circumstances are on the path to your future. See, that's what this series is all about. Discovering the detours that will get in the way of your purpose. See, last week we started off the series discovering that everyone has a purpose. Yes, even you. You have a purpose. God has uniquely shaped you to live a life of purpose on purpose. Hey, shout out to Relevant Leadership College. We have students right now who are on the journey to discover their purpose so that they can live life on purpose. And listen, if you've been wanting to pursue your education and have a deep desire to deepen your faith and learn the tools for you to engage your purpose, RLC is the place to be. And we have open enrollment right now. So right now that link should pop up right now 
write that down. And this is what I want to tell you. Apply today. Do not wait. Become a part of RLC and take a step towards your purpose. See, we started this journey looking at Samson, who was a miracle baby. He had an incredible, promising future. Today, we pick up the narrative in Judges 14. Samson is now grown. He's single and ready to mingle. Check out verse one in chapter 14. It says, Samson went down to Timnah and at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives? You know, they were from the South uh-huh. <laughs> or among all the people that you must go take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistine. But Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Now check this out. Timnah was about four miles south from Samson's hometown, and it was occupied by the Philistines. These are the very same people Samson is supposed to be on mission to rescue his people from. Samson is the nation's new leader, and he goes down to the Philistine territory and finds a pretty young thing and says, I got to have her. Now, you know, he's only motivated by one thing because we discover in verse seven that he hasn't even had a conversation with her yet. He's supposed to be saving Israel from the Philistines, not sleeping with them, let alone getting into a marriage relationship with one of them. Samson's parents try to talk him out of it, and they know that he is going down a dangerous path because God had a plan for Samson and marrying a Philistine woman was not part of it. But he's distracted by her beauty and her physical appearance. See, in Israelite society, the father was the head of the house and exercised control even over who his sons were going to marry. Yet Samson demands they step in and make this marriage happen. Why? Because she's right in my eyes. Isn't it interesting that sin is often right in our eyes, despite our knowledge of God's disapproval or the use of counsel of those around us? This is the first lesson you can take away from this. Willful disobedience is one of the greatest detours to our destiny. I know what God says, but I know what I want, and I choose that. In verse 4, it goes on and tells us his father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines at the time the Philistines ruled over Israel. Now, this story can be a little confusing. It is almost assumed that God created this distraction for Samson so he could get access to the Philistines. As if this was an inside job God was orchestrating because he lacked a better strategy. Can I tell you, God was not orchestrating Samson's disobedience. God used Samson's sin to exercise divine sovereignty. And divine sovereignty is simply this. God is sovereignly above, beyond, and untethered from all human action. However, he has the power to use these actions to administer his purposes. 
God's purpose was to remove the Philistine rule over Israel. His plan was to use Samson as his agent of change. Samson's disobedience could not and would not hinder God's determination. Hello, somebody. God's will would still prevail in spite of Samson's ignorance. And isn't that comforting to all of us? That God is undeterred by our dysfunction. Come on, somebody just put it in the chats, throw up some praise hands emojis. God's purposes are above and beyond and untethered by our action or inaction. We serve a God whose will for our lives is not changed by our disobedience, lack of trust or belief or fear or faithlessness. God will work in spite and despite our disposition. So the issue is not if God can still use me, it's will I experience the blessing or the burden of the weight of God's sovereignty. We go on in verse five to seven. It says, then Samson went down with his father, father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah and behold, a young lion came roaring towards him. Then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hands, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father, his mother, what happened and what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and she was right in Samson's eyes. Samson goes with his father and his mother to Timnit. I want you to watch this. His parents who knew better, they were given strict instructions, yet they succumb to Samson's foolishness. See, in verse three, they resist and try to talk him out of it. But by verse five, they're they've already acquiesced to the dumb donkey idea of intermarrying with the enemy. Now they become co-conspirators to Samson's disobedience. Let me talk to the parents for a second. Are you the parent or the child? So often I hear parents say, well, what am I supposed to do? Be a parent. No parent would willingly allow their child to touch fire and get burned. But I see parents every day that not only don't warn their children of the danger of walking in disobedience of God's word, but willfully go along with the stupidity or ignorance of their child's actions. They are children. It doesn't matter whether they're 30 or 13. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they need. We're living in a time where the child has become the parent and the parent has become the child. And God's word has become ignored at best and blasphemed at worst. Can we get some parents that will stand like Joshua and say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Listen, if you are living in my house, if you are under my house, we will serve the Lord. See, on the way down to negotiate this fraudulent marriage, Samson is attacked by a young lion. The verbs used in Hebrew are singular and there's no mention of the parents, which lead us to understand that Samson somehow, some way got separated from his parents. There's a simple yet profound message found in this text. The pursuit of sin brings separation. First of all, let me just uh, ask this. Do you believe that there's an enemy over your life? The devil, the serpent, Lucifer, Satan, who wants to separate and isolate you. So when you're distracted and are vulnerable, he can attack you with ease. Listen to what scripture says in first Peter five, eight, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, 
he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. Isn't it wild that even on his way to disobey God's commandment, God still provides Holy Spirit to protect him. Even when you were headed to that house, God gave you traveling mercies. Even when you were headed to do that thing you weren't supposed to do, God protected you. Don't we serve an incredibly merciful and loving God? Romans 5 reminds us this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in our mess, God still shows his mercy. What happens? He ends up killing the lion through the strength of the Holy Spirit. But now he's not only about to marry into the enemy, but he's broken his Nazarite vow of not being around anything dead. And he knows he's done wrong. That's why he doesn't tell his parents. Listen, catch this. Sin leads to secrecy, but truth leads to transparency. Are you walking in sin or are you walking in transparency? Look at your life. Would you like your life to be on display? What are you hiding? What are you holding on to? Scripture says the truth will set you free. Find someone, a friend, one of the pastors, your regroup leader. Find freedom in living in truth. It goes on in verse eight and tells us this. After some days, he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on eating as he went. And he came to his father and his mother and gave some to them and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped it from the honey from the carcass of the lion. See, commentators have noted because of the nature of the geographical location and the cultures and structure of this story, Samson was probably what's called a visiting husband. It was a true marriage, but without permanent cohabitation. The wife would literally stay as a part of her family, but the husband would show up bringing her gifts and being able to be intimate with his spouse. So he came to take her, meaning he came to take her on as his wife, but he turns aside to see. He's distracted by the thought of the lion he killed. He goes to investigate to see the carcass. And how many of us are investigating the carcass of dead relationships? Still creeping on their Facebook or Instagram accounts just to see what they're up to now. Still investigating dead experiences of our lives that are no longer present, but we keep revisiting them and keeping the wounds fresh. He finds bees have made their dwelling in the carcass of this dead and decomposed beast. Instead of a brief observation, he decides decides to scrape out some honey into his hand and he says he went on eating. Twice he's touched the dead body. Now he's eating from it, then goes and shares it with his parents. And once again, does not share where it's from or what he's done because he knows he's done wrong. He knows that he's out of line, but the detours have begun. It says he went on eating as he went on. Distractions have become his direction. And let me ask you this. Where's your focus? 
Twice Samson's eyes have been distracted. His actions are a direct reflection of where his focus is. First, Samson's focus of the potential of pleasure than the promise of purpose. Second, he becomes preoccupied uh, with the perceived value of a putrefied beast. Let me tell you, the goal of the enemy is to focus your attention on the potential or the problem so that he can distract you from your purpose. And there's two types of distractions. The first is the one that catches you by surprise. The second one is the one you go looking for. And most people spend too much time complaining about the distractions they can't control or uh, they are busy creating distractions for themselves by making bad decisions. Which ones are you succumbing to? Where's your focus? If you found yourself a bit distracted, let me encourage you, you're not alone. Distractions are the first detour the enemy will use to keep you from your destiny. Distractions are simply this, temptations for your attention. So where's your focus? Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Have you been living distracted? Listen, I can give you three practical tools of living undistracted and I will do that on our take home plate. But I can tell you what the experts in productivity and life coaching would give you. But then those tools just become distraction in of themselves as you distract yourself from the initiator and perfecter of your purpose. See, this year has started off real hard for me as well. I've had two conversations with two individuals near and dear to me that created conflict that they made me physically sick. I just found out that someone I love so dearly and is close to me has cancer. I have the opportunity to leave my current assignment at Relevant behind to go double if not triple my income somewhere else. Then as I was sitting right in this very message, I received a phone call that my close friend's little brother had just passed. Listen, distractions are inevitable, but they won't destroy you. If you want to resist the devil and overcome the detours that finally and finally reach your destiny your focus needs to be on Jesus knowing Jesus being like Jesus living life like Jesus resisting like Jesus committing to your purpose like Jesus see at the inauguration of Jesus ministry the devil Satan tried to distract him by the promise of gain yet he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God see Jesus saw a woman too and he delivered her from demons he was touched by a woman and he healed her terminal illness he met a woman in a foreign town and he set her on a course for her to transform her entire community. Can I tell you, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. And if we want to overcome the detours 2023 is going to throw our way, we've got to turn our eyes upon Jesus. So today I want to invite you, would you turn your eyes to Jesus? 
Maybe you've been distracted by the things that have come your way and you've been complaining and so frustrated and so caught up with that. Or maybe you're distracting yourself by getting involved and doing the things that you know you don't need to be doing. You know that you're out of line. You know that you are not being obedient to God's word. But for whatever reason, you see them, they look good and they're distracting you. Distractions are the detours that the enemy will use to distract you from your destiny. Today, you can say, God, I don't want to be distracted anymore. I choose you. And if that's your prayer today, let me pray with you right now. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder that though the enemy can come, we can resist him. Though the enemy will throw distractions in our way, we can, dis- we can ignore them if we keep our eyes on you. As frustrating as they may be, as, as tense as they may be, God, we know that you are powerful and you are sovereign. So Lord, give us the power to choose you. Keep our eyes affixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher, the completer of our faith. God, we choose you today. Will you focus our eyes off of our distractions and focus them on Jesus? It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, check it out. If you want to say yes to Jesus, go ahead and drop it in the comments. Just say, I'm in. Say, begin. Text the number below. We would love to journey with you. Listen, we would love you to stay connected to Relevant Church. So follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We want to continue to give you content and resources to help you grow your faith. I love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.